Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. We're here today. We're going to get a great message. We're talking about prayer. How many know prayer is important? Prayer is so important, and the thing about prayer is that the, the, the problem that we have with prayer, I joke about it, but it's really a very serious matter, is that we talk about doing it, but we just don't do it. We say we're going to pray, but then we don't pray. We talk about praying. We know how important prayer is. We want people to pray for us. Amen. How many want somebody to pray for you? Well, you know, we want people to pray for us, but yet we don't pray for others the way that we should. And so we're talking about prayer here, and we're going right right to, to the guy to hear about prayer from, and that's Jesus. Amen. And over here in Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. This is a time all the disciples are, to, are together with Jesus, and they're talking to him. And they say, uh, it says, verse number one, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, that's talking about Jesus praying, when he ceased, when he stopped, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so we talked about this last week that it was very common for disciples to ask their rabbi, their teacher, to teach them to pray because they wanted to sound like their rabbi, sound like their leader, sound like their teacher. And so when the disciples were saying to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, they're saying, we want to pray like you pray. We want to sound like you sound. We want to we want people that when they hear us praying, they know where we're from. Amen? Isn't that good? How many want when people hear you pray, they want to know where you're from? Amen? You're from Jesus' house. And so that's what the disciples were doing. They're saying, Lord, teach us to pray. We want, we want to sound like you. We want people to know that we're from your house. And so when, when we ask Jesus for things, guess what? He does it. And so Jesus, he says, we're going to, this is the Lord's Prayer. It's a very, very, you know, probably the most famous prayer in the world, the Lord's Prayer. And it's important to remember that when Jesus taught them to pray, he was teaching them a model of prayer. He was showing them an example. He was saying, when you pray, say this. Amen. When you pray, say this. Have this stuff in your prayer. And so he's not saying say this word for word, exact, exact, exact. He's saying this is a model for prayer, a demonstration of prayer. Amen. Amen. And so when Jesus starts, he says, he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many know that prayer? You've heard that before. Well, inside that prayer, there are seven things. There are seven principles inside that prayer. And in our whole prayer life, we want to make sure that our prayer life has these principles in it. Because if we're going to learn to pray, let's learn to pray from Jesus. Amen? And if you say here today, and you know, one of the things that we say to ourselves, we're like, oh, you know, you know did, did I pray today? Or like, oh, I got so busy. I got so busy. Well, the thing is, we need to tell ourselves the truth. Amen? We're too busy not to pray. We got so much going on, we can't not pray. Amen? We have got to make time for prayer. And if Jesus, how many think Jesus had a lot going on? 
Jesus was probably pretty busy. He had a lot to do in three years, right? He had a lot to do. He had, he had to save mankind. Amen? How many know that's a lot to do? Next time you're like, man, I got a lot to do, just ask yourself, well, do I have as much to do as Jesus? Probably not. And Jesus took time to pray. All through the word, we find him going off by himself and taking time to pray. And so he is our model. He is our example. We have got to just tell ourselves, just like Scott said, you tell yourself what to do. Come on. Amen. You tell yourself what to do. When so, you know, I love to say, you're not the boss of me, right? You're not the boss. But, you know, I'm the boss of my life. I tell myself what to do. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but you know what? He has told me what to do. He's shown me what to do, but ultimately, I have to do it. And so i got to tell myself, self, you have got to pray. I need prayer in my life. I need the power of God in my life. And we learned in the whole series we just did on faith that faith is always wrapped in prayer. Always always. And so if you're sitting here and you're saying, man, my faith life doesn't seem very strong, well, look at your prayer life. Because prayer is always wrapped around faith. And so my prayer, my communicating with God, my spending time with him, me talking to him, that's all part of prayer. Amen? And so I've got to make time for that. You know, we make time for all kinds of things, don't we? Now, I'm not here to get on your case today. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to, re sometimes we just need to be reminded of what's important. Because we are so easily distracted, aren't we? You know, it's like that movie, Squirrel, right? We're just so easily distracted. It's like we're, you know, I'm, I'm spending time with God, El Shaddai, the King of, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator, Squirrel, right? Anybody else? And then we say, what is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You're a human being, and we're, we are, we're all like that. But we've got to focus ourselves, amen? We've got to focus and say, you know what? I've got to make time for this because this affects everything. everything. Amen? My relationship with God affects everything. If it's not strong, nothing else will be strong. If it's not healthy, nothing else will be healthy. It might be for a little bit, but let me tell you, there's going to come a time where you're going you're gonna to walk out and there, what you need is not going to be there because you're not spending time with God. And you're going to get into repair mode and, and rebuilding. And you know what? You know what's better than repair mode? Building mode. Amen? It's so much better. And how do, we, how do we stay building? How do we keep going from glory to glory like God describes and wants us to go to? It's through our relationship with him. You know, I always say this is so true when people are like, man, I just, I just, I can't, you know, I can't seem to get it together. Anybody ever say that? You know, don't raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> we all, look, I'll raise it all, right? You know, it's like, man, I need to get it together. I need to get it together. I need to quit doing this. Or I need, you know, it's always I need to, I need to. And we're in that striving and then that performance mode. But you know what we need to do? We just need to take a step back from all the things we feel like we need to do. I need to get it together. I need to straighten up. I need to do this. I need to do that. And just step back and say, Lord, I, I need to be with you. Amen. I need to be with you. I need to spend time with you. 
But see, the enemy will try to get you convinced that you got to be doing. That if you're not doing, you're not okay. But a lot of times, just doing is what's making you not okay. We need to step back and say, I, I, I just need to be with Jesus. I just need to sit and be still. I need to spend time in prayer. I need to spend time communicating with God. I need to make God give him place in my life. And when I do that, it flows into every other area. But you know, life is busy. Life is busy. And next thing you know, days and, and weeks and months go by. And our relationship is getting weaker and weaker. It's not, God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed. And then we think, oh, man, I, I need to, I got, I got so much to do. I got so much to do. You know what? My relationship with God will help me with everything I have to do. Amen? But we're so distracted. We're so distracted. We've got to just tell ourselves. Remind yourself, I tell me what to do. I tell me what to do. The world doesn't tell me what to do. The busyness doesn't tell me what to do. The enemy doesn't tell me what to do. Amen? I tell me what to do. And I got to make a choice on what I'm going to do. Amen. And spending time with Jesus is going to help with all the other do I need to do. Amen? And so when we're talking about prayer, you know, we know we need to pray. We know the importance of prayer. Jesus modeled it so beautifully with his, with his consistency with prayer, his, him putting value on prayer. When the multitudes of people were pulling on him and drawing on him and wanting more from him, the Bible says over and over again that he went to a place to pray. I mean, talk about a, a to-do list. Talk about people needing him. Sometimes like, oh, well, people need me. People need you to be healthy. People need you to be strong. People need you to be full of Jesus. Amen? That's what people need. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that when people needed him, that was fine. But without God, he couldn't meet those needs. And you know what? You can't be the parent you're trying to be without God. You can't be the employee. You can't be the father, the mother, the son, the daughter, the aunt, the uncle, the whatever. You can't be it without God. And the way that we connect with God is through prayer and his word. And if those two things don't have a place, then the connection is not going to be as strong as it needs to be. Amen? And so when we hear Jesus and the disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, say this. And so you know what that tells me? It says, when I pray, that means I need to do it. I need to do it when I pray. And it needs to be something I say. A lot, you know, it's, it's okay. sometimes there's a place and a time for prayer in your head and silent prayer. There's a place and time for that. But it can't be the only prayer you have. Because Jesus said, when you pray, say this. Say this. You know why? Because when you say something, it becomes more real. Anybody ever figure that out? Man, when you say something, it's like, it's like whoa, did, did that just, somebody just said that? Oh, that was me. I just said that. That's because there's power in your words. Think about when you first started dating and the first time one of you said, I love you. Right? 
Right? I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Why? Because you, you were thinking it for a long time. You've been thinking it. You've been almost saying it. But, man, when you say it, it's like, oh, that just came out. Right? That just, this, every, everything just changed. Why? Because there's power in your words. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, say this. Say this. And, he, and, and when we think about that, words are important. Amen? Words are important. And the first thing Jesus says, he says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We talked about this last week. You know, that word hallowed means to keep his name holy. Listen, don't let God be jokes. Amen? Don't let, God's not part of a joke. His name's not part of a joke. Keep his name holy. There's nothing more holy than God. Amen? No one, I should say. Keep his name holy. You know, and you say, well, man, you know, because listen, when you devalue things with your words, when you need them, you don't, you don't have the same value, the same value, the same reverence. You know, in our society today, we're losing reverence. We're losing respect. Let's not jump on that boat. Let's not jump on that boat. That's why, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, you, you're never going to hear me say, you know, GD this or anything. I've never, you'd never hear me say that. If you ever even think you hear me say that, you know, just, just make sure it's me because it's not me. I don't think I've ever said that and I never, I, I never will. But you know what? When you sit and listen to it over and over again on a TV show, on a comedian or a friend or whatever, because whatever you keep listening to, guess what? It comes out. You know, I like Downton Abbey. How many Downton Abbey fans we got in here? Raise your hand proud. There we go. Whoop, whoop. Some of you are like, what? Uh, I like that show. But here's what happens. Whenever I watch that show, I start talking in an English accent. <laughs> My husband loves it. Right? I do it for fun, you know. I start talking like one of the people on the show. And I start saying the things they say. You know why? Because I'm getting it in me. I'm getting it in me. And so if whatever you're hearing, be careful. Amen. Be careful because what, what you're getting in there is going to come out. Amen. So he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Let's keep God's name holy. And then he says, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, prayer is all about pursuing God's will. It's about prayer is a pursuit. It is a pursuit of God's will. Here's the thing. Prayer is not to just get the life to make me happy. That's not, that's not my goal here on earth. My goal here on earth is to pursue the will of God for my life. And let me tell you something. Sometimes the will of God isn't all just frilly rainbows. Sometimes the will of God is tough stuff. Amen? The will of, you know, sometimes when God's saying, forgive that person. Oh, are you kidding me? Come on. But you know what? It, 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 that's the will of God. What is God's will for my life? And we talked about this last week for a while. You know, sometimes so often we're pursuing something and we want to make what we're pursuing God's will instead of just pursuing God's will. We're trying to, to jam things into the will of our, our life, that, and it's not God's will. We're saying, man, i got to make this fit. i got to make this fit because it's what I want. When we know deep down that it's not God's will. It's not God's will. And you say, how do I know? You know. You know. 
You know, it just, it just doesn't fit. The will of God for your life is going to fit you well because God designed it specifically for you. Amen? You know, I spent so much of my, my life as a young person pursuing things that were similar to God's will. I knew God's will for my life. I knew God's will for my life from the time I was 12 years old. I knew God's will for my life. I was coming back from camp, and the, the camp counselor said, does anybody want to pray? And I said, I do. And I tell you what, the power of God hit me so strong, and I saw myself. I saw myself doing exactly what I am doing right now. But it didn't fit the culture that I had grown up in. It didn't fit what, what people expected of me. It didn't fit. It didn't seem like it would ever happen for very many reasons. And for years, I was like, well, you know, I see myself teaching, so I'll go to college to be a teacher, but it never fit. I see myself leading, so I'll just be the boss, but it never fit. It never fit. Until finally one day, I was just like, all right. The Lord spoke to me so clearly as I was standing in, a, in just a place of success, a place of prosperity, a place of, of what a lot of people wanted and were impressed by, but it didn't fit. And the Lord said, this is not your place. Two weeks later, I lived in another state and started another life. And I've never looked back in regret. But for years, I tried to make other things fit. Lord, bless this. Lord, here's my agenda. Bless it. That's not how it works. Prayer is pursuit. Jesus went on to pray. He said, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you listen to a lot of times when we're praying, you say, Lord, you know, we're just like, Lord, bless it, bless it, bless it, bless it. But Christianity is about commitment to God's will, not necessarily the fulfillment of our happiness. And that's a tough pill to swallow for some. Happiness is based on happenings, and happenings change. The will of God does not. And when you focus on God's will, you will find a stability in your life that comes from nothing else. Amen. You will find the stability that you're looking for because it is the will of God. It is a foundation for your life. And when you step into it, it just, it just fits. You're like, this is my place. Amen? Say, how do I find that? I don't know that. Pray Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse number 9. Pray that over yourself over and over and over again. Speak that word. That's a prayer Paul prays. How many know you can borrow Paul's prayers? Yeah. You, can you can borrow his prayers. And he said that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. You can be filled with the knowledge of God's will. But usually we know it. Are you young people in here? Most people say that they hear from God. They know what they're to do. They know the will of God for their life around the time they're between 11 and 13 years old. Don't let go of that. Don't let go of what God says then. Amen? Because that's it. That's it. 
So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I love this part of, of the prayer that Jesus says because we're engaging heaven on earth. Amen? Prayer is the key to engaging heaven on earth. Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? When you think about that, we're living in a fallen world, and we have been since the time of Adam and Eve, and there's a separation between heaven and earth. The Bible says that the enemy is the, is the Lord of this earth. But you know what? When I pray, I'm, I'm, step, I'm stepping into my real homeland. My real homeland is heaven. Amen? My real place is heaven. And when I pray, I'm engaging heaven's will here right where I am. And that also helps me determine, you know, people have a misunderstanding of what God's will is. They think a lot, you know, like hardships and difficulty and, and death and all those things like, oh, well, God needed another angel in heaven. That is the worst thing in the world. It is so anti-scriptural. It's so anti-God. It's, I'm sure God cringes every time he hears it because there's no truth in it. Number one, we do not become angels. That doesn't happen. Amen? That doesn't happen. Angels are here to serve me. I don't become an angel. And so that, that's just ridiculous. And God doesn't need more. Amen? If he needs more, he'll create more. Just like he created all the ones there is. Amen? Woo, there's a thought. The enemy goes about, and he looks to whom he may devour. The Bible says in John 10, 10, it says that he, go, that he steals, he kills, and he destroys. Pastor Devon taught that on Wednesday night. And so if I want to know what God's will is, I can ask myself, does it steal? Does it kill? Does it destroy? Then it's not from God. And another way to understand God's will is would it happen in heaven? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? No. So it's not God's will for it here. Is there poverty in heaven? No. So it's not God's will for it here. Listen, just because something happens doesn't mean it's God's will. Doesn't mean it's God's will. Just because it happens doesn't mean it's God's will. And so when I'm taught, when Jesus says here, he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the quickest way to connect earth to heaven is to pray. Amen? When we pray, things happen that couldn't otherwise happen. It gets us close to heaven. Amen? It gets us close to what's going on in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's happened? I'm going to close that gap. That's what prayer does. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said that. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know. I don't know. What did he say? Let's start taking Jesus at his word. You know, the, the bottom line of Christianity is to believe it and receive it. That's it. If you believe, you receive. That's it. And Jesus said, when we pray, Let's go for God's will, amen, on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, God wants you to have a good life down here. 
He goes on to say this. He says, give us this day our daily bread. You know, another thing we need to learn, and, and Jesus is teaching us through this prayer, he's teaching us to keep God's name holy. He's teaching us to remember who we're praying to. He's teaching us that we're to pursue God and God's will, amen? And he's teaching us we got to learn God's schedule. How many know God's got a schedule? How many know he always seems late? Amen? Doesn't seem like God's always like, you're just supposed to like, come on, Right? God's not waiting. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. That's always important to remember. But God has a schedule. He says this. He says, give us this day our daily bread. It's daily. And I like how he says our daily bread. How many plan on eating today? How many can plan on eating a couple of times? How many are going to go for three? Right? <laughs> You know, I heard somebody, a comedian, say recently, they said, I try to stick to three meals a day and then three more at night. <laughs> three meals a day and three more at night. And I, I thought that was pretty funny. But when Jesus, remember, what is Jesus doing? He's teaching us a model for prayer. He's saying, listen, when you communicate with God, when you spend time with God, when you talk with God, hey, listen, ha these are things that you need to have in your prayer life. We need to have gratitude. We need to have honor for, for God's holiness. We need to pursue God's will. And we need to be reminded of God's schedule. Amen? He says our daily bread. We, we might be busy, but we need to learn God has a schedule. He wants to be with us every day. Every day. That's why I said give us this day our daily bread. Day, just like we eat naturally every day, we need to eat spiritually every day. Every day. If you're not with him every day, you're not going to do as well as you could. There is no substitute for a daily connection with God the Father. There's something, and here's why, because there's something you, you need from God. Whether it's his assurance, whether it's his, his, uh, his presence, whether it's just reminding yourself that you've got a God who's for you, not against you, that God loves you, that God cares for you. There is a connection that we need from God every day. And that's why when Jesus said, he said, give us his day, our daily bread. We need God every day. Amen. You know what happens? You know, I also like Survivor. That's one of my fave shows. Getting ready to start soon, you know? I, I like Survivor. But what happens? They don't eat all the time. They don't eat all the time. I, I, think, I think they should start. Now, this, this could be a genius business model. You can have it because I already have a job. You can take it. Survivor weight loss camp. Because everybody loses so much weight on Survivor. They lose so much weight. You know why they lose so much weight? They don't eat. And you know why you lose spiritual girth? Why you lose spiritual uh, connection? Why you don't feel as connected as you used to be? How often do we hear people say, I just don't feel like I'm close to God anymore. Man, I just, I just don't, I wish I could get, I hear people say this all the time, I wish I could get back to. And they have a time in their life they want to get back to. And it's a time when they were connected. So I want to get back to. Well, you know how you get there? Spend time with God every day. Because just like those survivor people, they lose weight and they get skinny. You know what? If we could see ourselves spiritually, what would we look like? You know? 
If we could see ourselves, if we could look in the mirror and see what I look like spiritually, what would I look like? Would I be strong? Would I be healthy? Would I be well-fed? Or would I, would I look like those survivors when they're done? You know, at the end, they're skinny. They're skinny. Their hair's thin. That's why I don't want to lose weight because your hair gets thin. It's a good one, right? <laughs> I just want to see if you guys are listening. Listening. <laughs> but what, what would I look like? Isn't that a good question, man? What, what would I look like spiritually? What's my spiritual health look like? Am I getting that daily bread? Am I getting that daily, daily connection? Because I need it. Man, we need to remember I need God every day. Every day. There's not a day that goes by I don't need God. But, you know, we need to ask ourselves, and, and there's no good answer, then why don't I connect every day? And one of the main, you know, it's because we get busy, we're distracted, and another is because we don't realize the benefit of it. We don't realize it. We don't realize it. We think, what good's it going to do? What good's it going to do? All through the Word, when you see people doing what Jesus says to do, you see them being healthy. You see them being blessed. You see them having the strength to persevere through hard times. You see them, like, overcoming things that come their way. You say, man, what are they doing? They're doing what Jesus said to do. And Jesus said, when you pray, say this. Say this. And so we need to get our daily bread and then he says, this is a tough one. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a tough one. Get ready. He says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. This is a tough one, isn't it? Jesus is being really honest here. He knows that there are many things keeping us from praying. And a lot of times the many things are that somebody's made us mad, somebody's upset us, uh, we've fallen into sin ourselves, and when we fall into sin, so often the first thing we do is run from God instead of run to God because of guilt and shame. And so he's saying, forgive us our sins. You know, there's like a spiritual mud that you can get stuck in. And there's two things that cause it. One, not receiving the forgiveness God has for you. And two, not giving it to people that you need to give it to. Because when we, it's like getting stuck in spiritual quicksand. You feel like you can't move. You feel like, it, like everything is sticky. Everything is heavy. You feel weighted down. You feel like nothing is working. And you're like, man, what's going on? Receive the forgiveness God has for you. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the blood of Jesus. That's the power of his blood. He's the only one who can do it. Don't, don't let it not be used. Jesus wants to forgive you. He's not like people. He doesn't want to wag his finger in your face. The Bible says that there is times of refreshing at repentance. Amen? Don't carry that weight. Listen, everybody in this room has messed up. All of us have. And we have a choice to make. We can either run to God and receive what he freely gives, 
or we can just carry shame and guilt. It's up to us. Forgiveness is here. And just like the song we sang today, oh, come to the altar. Jesus is calling. No matter how dark, no matter how deep it is, Jesus is calling. Why? Because he forgives. He forgives. He cleanses. He removes sin from us. The Bible says that he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. Man, isn't that good? God doesn't bring stuff back up. He's not reminding us constantly of what we've done. That's why if you're married in here today, if you're in a relationship, I encourage you. We say this at our house. We're like, we forgive like Jesus does. Once you forgive, don't try bringing it back up because that's not how forgiveness works. You may need to work through things, but for don't keep bringing And, oh, every time something happens, and remember when, Right? You know, it's like, it's like you're, you know, you know, if your husband makes you mad, it's like your free pass to bring up everything he's ever done wrong. Nope, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. Forgiveness is given. Amen? And so when Jesus says here, he says, and forgive us our sins. And so in prayer is a time of repentance. It's a time to to. Fess up about things. It's the time to, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, to examine my own heart. You know, so often we want to examine everybody else's. Oh, look at you. What are you doing? You know, I'm telling Jesus on you. Right? Isn't that how we are? We want to be the, the, the Christian police. That job is taken. His name is the Holy Ghost. Amen? He's the one who will convict and he is the one that will bring things to light he's the one that does that that's not my job to do that's holy ghost job to do but here's the great news is that when when we're in our time of prayer that's the time to say you say well how do i do it say lord i ask you to forgive me for fill in your blank and i trust i repent for it that means i get up from it i turn away from it and I receive forgiveness for it. Amen? And you know what you've got? That's where faith comes in. Remember? Prayer is, faith is always wrapped in prayer. And you might need to remind yourself. Speak truth to yourself. Lord, I thank you that your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I thank you there's times of refreshing at repentance. Lord, I thank you that you have removed that sin. And when the enemy tries to bring it back up, be like, hold up. That was removed. That was cast into the sea of forgetfulness. I will not be defined by a mistake. Amen? I will not let sin make my choices for me. I will not let mistakes be the ruler of my life. I will not let mistakes be my map and the order of my steps. I will not. The blood of Jesus is too strong. Amen? I receive you can tell I've had a little practice. I receive forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. Amen? I've had some practice. You say, well, I've never talked like that. You need to. You need to. Because he says, forgive us our sins, for we also, and when I forgive, I also forgive. I forgive. He says, and forgive us and as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. The only way to keep the, the mud out 
keep that, that sticky feeling out is that we ask God to forgive us and we, we ask him, to, we thank him that he has, amen, and we forgive others. We forgive others. Man, don't, you know, prayer is not about complaining, amen. We, we have to let things go so we're not bogged down, not bogged down in the quicksand of unforgiveness. And I could teach forever on un- unforgiveness and how to forgive people. But quickly, forgiving somebody doesn't mean what they did is okay. Forgiving someone doesn't minimize what someone did to you. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not trust. Forgiveness is given. Trust is earned. Forgiveness is not an immediate reconciliation of relationships. Because sometimes that relationship isn't for you. It's not supposed to be. Forgiveness is just merely saying, I release this situation. I release my right to get even. I release this and give it to God. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. Because everything in you may be screaming, but what they did, what happened, how it felt, the pain, the cost, the consequences. Forgiveness is a decision that I make. And feelings follow decisions. And whenever the enemy tries to bring it back up, oh, there they are. There's that person. You know what they did. And all those feelings start coming back up. You know what I say? I decided to forgive them. Because I'm not going to let what they did hold me captive anymore. I'm not going to let what they did dictate my life anymore. I'm not going to let what they did change me. Amen? That's part of forgiveness. It's just saying, whatever happened, I release it. I release it. I release it. And Jesus said, listen, when you pray, you got to take care of stuff. Stuff that I did and stuff that people did. I got to take care of it to the best of my ability. And I got to use faith. Listen, you're never going to feel like forgiving some people. Isn't that the truth? You're, you're never going to wake up one day and say, you know, I just, I just really feel like forgiving you. That's not going to happen. Because your feelings are all, because as soon as you say that, the enemy's going to go, oh, really? Well, this, and he's going to flood your mind with flashbacks. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That is crazy talk. But you know what? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Jesus said that we are to forgive. Amen? And forgive us our sins. Listen, we're talking about we want our prayer life. We want that connection to be strong. And unforgiveness, it's like it tries to disconnect us. It tries to. And so, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone. Amen? You say, well, what about everyone? Well, what? Everyone. You say, I don't think I can do it. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. Don't be stuck in the mud. Amen? Don't be stuck in the mud of unforgiveness, of not forgiving yourself. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, is forgiving yourself. Listen, you did it. It happened. Receive forgiveness. Amen? 
That's, a, that's, a, that's another message we could preach forever. But let's keep going. And then Jesus said, he also prayed. In verse number four, he said, and do not lead us into temptation. Now, this isn't God leading us into temptation. God's not going to do that. But what he's telling us here, he's saying, listen, in our prayer, we need to ask God to help us watch our step. Watch our step. Well, a long time ago, I did a series about your feet. Because in Proverbs, it says where your feet are is very important. Very important. There are certain places your feet don't belong. Amen? You don't go, you don't belong there. Proverbs says the, the, uh, the path to the, to the, to the, to the, to the uh, unscrupulous woman's house, your feet don't belong there. Your feet don't belong. There's places. He said, and lead us not in temptation. You know, when we pray, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, help me not be going places I don't need to be. In my mind, in my heart, in physically, there's just some places I don't belong. And I need to, there's some, but there's, how many know there's some places I want to go? You know, you get into, you know, you're talking to people and suddenly you're, you want to go into gossip. You want to go into talking about people. Listen, you don't belong there. But oh, it's so tempting, isn't it? So tempting. Don't lie like you don't think it is. You know? Or everybody's going to be having a party and this is happening and all this or whatever, whatever it is. The Bible says, you know, hey, in our prayer, man, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me not go into temptation. Help me stay off those channels I don't need to be watching. Help me stay off those websites I don't need to be looking at. Help me stay out of the break room when all the conversation is just not holy and not good and not, not edifying and detrimental to me. Help me. Help me. We need help. Amen. How I many know in this world we live in, we need help because there is temptation all around. And so when Jesus said, we have to pray for God to help us watch our step. Because here's the thing, it's really easy to fall into sin and do things we don't want to do. It's easy. It's easy. Because you got to swim upstream not to. It's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else is doing, to get caught up in what everybody else is watching, to get caught up in how everybody else is talking. It's so easy to get caught up. It's so easy. We need God's help. We need his help to stay out of those places. We have to pray, connect with God, and ask for his help. And he wants us to be close. He doesn't want us to fall into sin, amen? He doesn't want us to fall out of touch with, us, with him. And here's the great news. He is willing. He is eager to help you. But I connect to that help. I connect to that strength through prayer. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I have such a hard time not falling into temptation, not falling here, not doing stuff I know I'm not supposed to do. I have such a hard time. Listen, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need a better connection. Amen. It's kind of like a cell phone. How many have ever been somewhere where you don't have a good connection? And the person's like, wah, 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 wah. and then you get mad. Isn't it funny when you have a bad connection, whoever you're talking to gets mad at you like it's your fault. It's like, I can't hear you. You can't, and, Okay, I do it. I'm like, what do you mean you can't hear me? You know, and then like Scott and I, like we won't have a good connection and we'll get aggravated with each other. It's like, it's not our fault. There's, there's, I'm in a dead zone or whatever, right? 
But here's the thing. How many know when I get into a, a good place, when I get into a place with good cell reception, how many know that phone works perfectly? There's nothing wrong with the phone. There's nothing wrong with you. Did you get that? There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to be in a good connection. Because as soon as you're in a good connection, you're going to hear God. You're going to feel his strength. You're going to feel his help. You're going to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, that gentle voice that says, go left. That gentle voice that says, don't go in there. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's, gonna, he's doing it right now, but if you're in a dead zone, you can't hear. But there's nothing wrong with you. So, so many times people sit across from my desk and they're like, man, what's wrong with me? I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. You need a connection. There's nothing wrong with that phone. You just got to get into a place where you can connect. And you know how we connect with God? Through prayer. Through prayer. Through prayer. Say it with me. Through prayer. And so the Bible says, lead us not into temptation. Amen? Lead us not into temptation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But deliver us from the evil one. You don't have to be scared of the enemy. You've been delivered. Amen? You've been delivered. And so when we're talking about prayer and having all these things in our, in our prayer life and, and strengthening our prayer, here's the seven things that Jesus says in this thing. He said it's about relationship. Prayer is all about relationship. He says, when you pray, say this, our Father. God's your Father. God is for you. God loves you. Amen? God loves you. Have some gratitude. When we feel distant from God, usually it's because we haven't stopped and thanked him for just being so good. Thankfulness connects you. You want to strengthen your relationship with your spouse? Start thanking him for the little things that they do. You want to have a better relationship with people in your life? Be grateful that they do things. Amen? Don't just think because they're supposed to do it. You don't have to be grateful. No, let's be grateful. Amen? Let's keep God's name holy. Prayer is a time to pursue God's will for my life. God's will. Let's engage heaven on earth. That's God's will for us. That's God's will for us. Say, what? How does God want us to live? Heaven on earth. Oh, and if your life isn't looking heavenly, you can change it. Amen? And let's learn God's schedule. Let's learn God's got a schedule, and it's daily. It's daily. Let's stay out of the mud. Let's stay out of that, that mud of unforgiveness and shame. Let's stay out of that by receiving forgiveness and giving it. Amen? And prayer's the time to do that. And lastly, let's watch our step. Let's ask God to help us. Lord, help me watch my step. Lord, help me be in the right place. At the right. I say that over myself. If you pray with me, you've heard me say that a million times. Lord, I thank you I'm in the right place at the right time. Lord, I thank you you fill my mouth with the right words at the right time. Amen? Let's watch our step. There's just some places, you know what? You don't belong there. Amen? You don't belong there. There's some conversations you don't belong in. You say, how will I know? Father, help me. Help me not get into temptation. Lead my steps, Lord. Help me be in the right place. Amen? 
When Jesus said, when you pray, say this. When you pray, say this. Let's keep these things. This is our model of prayer. And he says, put these things in your communication with God. Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus.